In today's episode, we recap the final two games of a series against Milwaukee, preview all four games in the series against the Atlanta Braves, and give our score predictions, talk about some news concerning the Cubs roster, we also have a little talk about the farm, and also a special topic at the end. Welcome back to the Cubs Win Podcast. Here is me, your host, Cubs Win, and co-host Cubs Legion here to recap this series against the Brewers preview the next series against Atlanta and a few bits of news that we got and some other little special topic that we're going to throw in today so let's just get right into game one against Milwaukee uh, yep very good game. The winning streak to four won this one 15 to 2 Cubs was the final. Uh, yeah, it was over after the first two innings. Uh we already kind of we yep. already discussed this one in the last episode. Oh yeah, that's right. Never mind. Okay. Well, anyway, guys, guys, we won in case you <laughs> forgot. We won. Yeah, that's the only time we're going to be saying that this episode, unfortunately. Yeah. It's disappointing, but it's true. All right. Um game 2. Game was... 2 was very frustrating. It wasn't yep. like it wasn't a bad game. It was just one of those games where you were just like, well, I guess, you know, I guess it was just one of those games where you just lose. Like, you don't, you didn't do anything wrong. You just lost. So, uh, the thing wrong that I noticed was when Ross took out Alzelay because he was yeah, dealing on the mound. He's not giving him a lot of chances to uh, get out of here, is he? Nope. He's not. I think you should give him a few chances to try to get out of some jams on his own. Yeah, it's the only way to make him learn. Exactly. But then again, maybe, you know, he's a rookie. He might be on a leash or something. I don't know. Maybe. He was pitching well, though. I, I would have left him in. Well, that's the second straight start. Now Zalei has made against the Brewers, and that's the second straight start where he's failed to get out of an inning, and it has resulted in the Brewers tying or taking the lead off another reliever. So maybe next time yeah. just let Adbert do it and see what happens because it's not working when you pull it. That'd be great. If only though. So we lost that game four to three. Yeah. Like you said, it wasn't really a bad game. Yeah. Frustrating. Yeah. Manny Pena with the two-run home run that ended up winning the game off. And he's not done well yet. No. It's hard to be a folk hero when you suck. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, Sogard had three hits. I didn't realize that. Yeah, Sogard has actually been doing well lately. Some reason, um, I guess he just decided that this was the time. So, anyway, um, yeah, we had more hits than Milwaukee too, just not valuable hits. Yeah, I know. It was just one of those games where you were just kind of like left to think to yourself, "Well, nothing." I mean, there was nothing that it didn't really feel like there was anything that they could do. To be honest. Yeah. 
So disappointing loss. That's yeah, about man. all you can say. Yeah. And then, and then game, uh, game three was not the same. That except it was frustrating. Yeah. No. Yeah. That that was frustrating. Jake dealt on the mound. Glad to see him doing great. He had eight strikeouts through six, only giving up two hits and one run. Had a few walks, but that's all right. Yeah, he's been good. He's been solid. Um, mm-hmm. I think the most runs he's given up in one start has been three for us this year. So yeah, he's been good. So it's not like it's not like he sucked or something. So that wasn't it. Wasn't his fault either that we lost. No, it wasn't. Not at all. Um, but it was just Woodruff is just really nasty. Like all the like. I, I mean, we we hadn't beat him before, um, like he hadn't beat us before. Uh, uh, let's see, what was it? Sunday. He hadn't beaten us before Sunday, but I mean, he's just dominant. He's the best pitcher. Well, I guess the second best pitcher in the Central behind Burns. But I mean, Woodruff is just nasty. So yeah, we didn't really do anything against him and the rest. Of the bullpen, so yeah, we the stuck bullpen out. kind of imploded in the end yeah. inning. That kind of killed any chance we had. But uh, well, I I don't understand rant about this a lot like I did yesterday. Yeah, it we're down by one, and it's the ninth inning, and the bases are loaded, and. They're bringing in Jason Adam. Well, he just got sent down today. Maybe that's why he got sent down. Because he had been solid before then. I, I saw him pitch at Wrigley, and I read that he had like a 250 ERA going into Sunday's game. So, you know, he might have walked some guys, but he had been pretty good, and he could throw pretty hard. So I think that's what Ross was thinking when he made yep. the change, and it just did not work out. I would think, though, like in a game that close and in a big moment like that, you would bring in an already proven guy like Kimbrell and not someone that's just been good over, what, six innings? Well, I don't know. It was something Ross saw. Maybe Ross thought, you know, Kimbrell is built for the lead, I guess. You know, he's built to – he's a one-inning pitcher. Maybe Ross thought if the game goes to extra innings, he wants to have Kimball ready. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't like the decision and ultimately ended up costing us a game. And they were the other five runs. Yeah. That, that was really a one nothing game. I know the final yeah. score is going to say 6 nothing, but it, it, they really won that game one nothing. It was uh, It was a lot closer than the final score indicated. Yeah, uh, not much you can do there, unfortunately. We either beat these guys like nine nothing, or we lose to them like two nothing. There's no in between. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's just every game we play against them seems to be like incredibly close when we and then we lose, or we just blow them out. Yep. I don't really know why yep. that's what happens, but I do know that. In September, the Brewers win the games, and we don't. 
So we win all the games at the beginning of the year. Let's hope that we just maintain it this year for once. Well, I don't think there will be anything left to maintain, to be honest. I think I'm still on board with, like, sell things off because I think it would be more beneficial to the future. All right, so that series. So let's just Braves playing the Braves in about what forty-five minutes or something. About yep, thirty-five. Um, so game one is Zach Davies versus Charlie Morton. I would, yeah. I don't know about this. Yay. I don't know about Zach Davies anymore, to be honest. I mean, this guy's like Trevor Williams has been like, you know, he's had good and bad starts. He recently had a good, a solid start against the Mets, but Zach Davies' only good start to this point, only like really good start, was his first start. And I feel like yeah. Mills would honestly be better than Zach Davies. I that's just yeah. what I think. I don't really have a lot of confidence in Mills. Yeah, and not to mention, well, I didn't mention, but we're facing Morton, who is arguably top 15 pitcher, maybe. Yep, I know. Around there, so. Well, who knows? I mean, Atlanta's pitching, from what I understand, sucks. uh, Outside of Soroka and Anderson. And we'll see, we'll see. You know, Morton yeah. is obviously good, but he is beatable, just like anyone else. Mm-hmm. They have, you know, they they have teed up on some guys in the past, so we'll see. Maybe he won't have it tonight. Hopefully. But surprisingly enough, going into this game, we have a better record than the Braves. Yeah, but the Braves are going to be in it. I think everyone knows that. Yep. They're too talented mm-hmm. to not be in it. So we got all right, Davies, Morton. Um, your score prediction for game one will be. I'm just gonna say five to Atlanta. Um, right, right through my mind. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. I don't know. It seems it seems like it's just. I don't know. I don't have confidence in Zach Davies to be honest. Yeah, so we got the same score for game one. We have Williams versus Anderson, which might that'll be kind of maybe it might be close. Williams on the mound for game three. Two. Game two, okay. Um, all right. You know what? That could be close. You know, Williams has had a decent start. I know he. Had one against the Mets. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see. Didn't he start against the Braves last week? Um, I know. Wait. Was it the Braves? Hendricks started on Sunday. Um, God damn it. Who started? Who started the game that we won? We won a game 13-4. Who started that game? Is that? Why am I having such a hard time remembering who these people are? 
yeah, it was Williams that game. Okay. So it wasn't bad. So who knows? Maybe we'll win that one. Well, I mean, the bats would obviously have to come alive. Yeah. In the past week, that last game against Milwaukee is pretty much the only. Bats haven't done well. Yeah, so hopefully it continues. I really, I would like it to continue for a little bit longer, as would anyone else. But they might be kind of yeah. like slipping back from one of the, from that stretch they were on. Um, but they'll they'll go back on like that stretch again. They always do. They have like those stretches here and there where they just pound the ball and then they go quiet and then they come back. Um, so your score prediction for game two. Game two. Um, I don't know. I'll go with like a 6-4 Cubs win. 6-4. Do something random. Okay. I'll say, I don't know, 4-3 Cubs. All right. Not bad. So we both got them winning game two. Yep. Game three, um, we have Hendricks on the mound and some reason, at-bat is saying Anderson is pitching again. Well, that's wrong, obviously. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who pitches after Anderson. It would be a little weird if he pitched two days in a row. I think that would be a little strenuous. Just, yeah, just, just my opinion. Been... That would be a mm-hmm. little much. Um, so, I really – I don't know who's pitching for him then. Yeah, I can't really make a prediction here if I don't know. Um. Who knows? Uh, I don't really know. As long as Hendricks doesn't have the same game. Yeah, that yeah, he needs to uh, bounce back. Um, he did decent. The decent his last start, but uh, the game against Atlanta was was awful. Yeah, he imploded, didn't he? I mean, he was yep. he was good against uh, Milwaukee, but. No, yeah, we'll get better against Atlanta. So, Hendricks on the mound for game two. Uh, I, yeah, I really don't know who's pitching for him. Yeah, so it's, it's hard, really kind of hard Atlanta. to make a prediction. I don't really know Atlanta's pitchers, to be honest, because they seem to have, like, an eight-man rotation. They have, like, Soroka, Freed, uh, Anderson... And then, like, I guess, like, Morton. But then, like, the rest seems to be, like, a bunch of swingmen. I don't really know what they do over there. But I cannot, like, I cannot name their starting rotation off the top of my head. Yeah. They don't have it, like, locked in place. They have, like, a bunch of guys that just kind of come in and fill in. So I don't know why it says he's pitching again, so... I guess just have to come up with a random score. All right. Well, I don't know. I'll say the Cubs win 3-2. That'll okay. And they'll take the series. Oh, let's see. I'll have us winning. I'll go up there and say 4-1 Cubs. Hendricks pitches a gem. All right. Hopefully he bounces back. Yeah, I need him to. Um, so we both have mm. him taking the series. 
Mm-hmm. Or, uh, well, I have him taking two out of three. I've, oh, it's a four-game set. Oh, that's right. Damn it. Okay, yeah, that's right. First four-game set of the year. I'm used to it being three games. Okay, so Same. game four. We got Adbert also on the mound, and their pitcher has not been announced yet. Okay. Um, so, again, it's kind of hard to make a prediction on it, but. Yeah, um, uh, well, I mean, Azalea has impressed his last two times out. Uh, it'll be a new challenge against the Brewers, but I think, it'll, uh, not the Brewers, God, I keep saying the Brewers, against the Braves. Yeah, play them like 50% of our games this year. Yeah. Um, it'll be a new challenge against the Braves. You know, they're obviously more talented than the Brewers. Um, but even if he loses, I think it'll be a good test. Yep. Yeah. All right. And your prediction for the game score? Um, prediction, I'm going to go ahead and say, oh, man. I feel like this could be like a close game for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Milwaukee wins in like extra innings or something. You mean? You mean I don't know why. That just kind of came into my mind. Said Milwaukee again. Oh, Milwaukee! God. Okay, Atlanta. <laughs> Atlanta wins. There you go. I gotta stop saying it. Um, yeah, we don't play Milwaukee for another couple months, so I think it'll be easier. Yeah, but it's like, I don't know, they've taken up, like, the majority of our schedule. So yeah, it's, it's pretty hard annoying. to get them. Anyway, um, okay, so Braves win in, like, extra innings. Maybe they win, like, 5-4 in the 10th on a walk-off by Ozzy Albies. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because anything could happen. I'd have to know who Atlanta was starting. Yeah. We say it all the time. It's really hard to make a prediction when you don't know who's pitching. Yeah. So basically, the second half of these games. Who do you got? Mm. Oh. I'm just going to say Alzelay is going to impress. And we'll win. Cubs win. Uh, let's see. 6 4. Why not? All right. Yeah, why not? I think optimistic, I guess. Um, Hopefully, I speak it into existence. Yep. So you have them taking three out of four, and I have them splitting. Yeah. Could go either way, but, you know. Yeah, good. Um, All depends if we can back up our pitchers. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, it, I'm I'm just banking on Atlanta's pitchers being kind of like. Not that I want these guys to be injured, but I'm just kind of thinking like if their big guns are injured, then we have a chance. Because the rest of them, they weren't good last week. I felt like they just scored a lot of runs. But, uh, yeah, it's not like they shut us down. Yeah, that's true. 
So if we can just maintain them from playing like they did against Hendrix, then we should be fine. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so that wraps up the the predictions. So let's just move into small news we got here. Today, we called up Trevor Magel. And we optioned Jason Adam, thankfully. We placed Austin Romine on the 10-day IL with, what was it, left wrist tightness or something? Yeah, some some bullshit injury to get him off the yeah. roster. Yeah, that seems to be happening to him a lot. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then we transferred... Uh, Holder and Wick to the 60-day aisle. Yes, we did. So it'll be nice to have Wick back soon. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to work out. Oblique injuries are very hard to come back from. So, we'll see. I hope he, I hope he comes back. He was really effective. Yeah, he... One of the best relievers on the team in 2019, <clears throat> if not the best. Yes. Yeah, I know. He was kind of. I thought. I kind of thought he was going to be our closer, like of the future for a little bit. But then uh, he got injured, and he got injured right before the playoffs. Yep. Hey, will be set up now. Um. Yeah. Well, maybe if you're talking about trading Kimbrell, if he keeps doing well, if we do that, maybe he will become the closer. Never know. Yeah, I mean, he's got the stuff. I really the curveball is his number one pitch, whereas Kimbrell's is the uh, like the knuckle curve, or he's got like a slider, something like that. Um, when he throws, mm-hmm. he throws hard. He can get in like the upper nineties. I think. I think he touched ninety six, ninety seven. Um, I don't know if he can, like, touch 98, but he can get up there. Um, and for the most part, he's got good control. And I remember, like, last year, every time they came in, I just kind of thought to myself, like, oh, yeah, we're going to get an out here. Because he just became kind of automatic. So I really hope he comes yeah. back because he was he was cheap and he was kind of like one of those guys that we pulled off the scrap heap that worked out. So, and and he'd, he'd be another good arm in the bullpen and maybe we could get rid of, like, you know, maybe we could, we wouldn't have any need for Jason Adam anymore. Like you said, we'd have someone a little more reliable. Yeah. Wick and Wick. Yes, Wick uh, and Wick. Wick. I don't know how to say that. Yeah, it's weird. Very fun to watch in 2019. Who, Wick or Wick? Both. I always thought Wick gave up like a lot of homers. I don't think they'd give up one with us. Maybe one, but well, I know he he's been good since he's played with us. Yeah, um, tall guy on the mound, um, six yeah, ten or something. Yeah, so we got the game in five minutes. It's on ESPN, so we will all be able to watch it. So take advantage of it. 
And if you don't have Marquee, go watch the game. It's on ESPN tonight as well. Yes, and there's no A-Rod. You're safe. You're all safe from Alex Rodriguez's right. terrible takes and commentating. So, no danger. I think it starts in 20 minutes, actually. 20 minutes? According, according to that. God, I thought it was... Uh... Oh, it says warm-up. Hold on. What? Oh, I thought it was... a. Uh... Out of a six. It says they're warming up. At least that's what the app says. Hold on. App is seven ten Eastern. Good. Okay. All right. I guess my clock is a little fast. Hmm. All right. So, yes. Well, that's great because I just posted this damn lineup, and now it's. Okay, I got the time wrong. I said 6 o'clock p.m. Central time. I don't care. Well, I do. All right. Um, Game starting soon. Well, 15, 20 minutes around there. So go watch, Cubs fans. Yep. Take advantage of it. Not everyone here gets marquee. um, Do you get it? I, I had it last year, and then Hulu just decided to drop it out of nowhere. They were just like, oh, yeah, we're not going to carry this anymore. Mm. So I don't know what that's all about. So now we're just stuck with Hulu for no reason. <laughs> Went through all this red tape to get to Hulu from our original uh, cable provider. We cut the cord, and then they were like, no, we're not going to carry Marquee. So they just let it go. Wow. So that was dumb. And uh, I think we've just decided to go with the radio for now. Okay. So I think that wraps up the episode. Just about. I want to talk about that one thing I heard on the TV. We're talking about Bert is taking notes from Arietta. Uh-huh. I just thought yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just think that's really interesting because, you know, how great Jake was. He's a Cy Young winner, pitched multiple no-hitters. Yeah. So, and he's doing good right it's Really good person to be taking notes from, especially a youngster like Alzelay. Yeah, Arietta isn't the pitcher that he once was, but he still has the talent. You know, he still has the pitches that he had, and he still has yeah. the knowledge that he gained from those two really dominant years he had. So to see him pass it on to Alzelay and to see Alzelay do well in these recent starts has been really, you know, probably a connection there. You know, maybe he's learning. Yeah. He's a really good mentor for uh, Alzelay. Yeah, I liked hearing about that on TV when they were talking about it, so... Yeah, it's just a really good thing. Hoping it works out. Yeah, I hope it does too. I would really like if they brought back Arietta as like a strength and conditioning coach at least because he was really good yeah. at like, you know, staying in shape and also for the pitchers. You know, Arietta is a great mentor. I mean, like as I already said, but he came from Baltimore where he was just terrible and he was able to become, you know, the, the legend that he is or was 
um, that he was or is today. So for if yeah. you were to just be there to mentor these young guys that we're going to have coming up in the next few years, I think that would be really beneficial. That's good. I like that. I think we should bring him back as some type of coach in the organization. Yeah, I agree. I, I, you know, but you know who I would really, really want them to bring back as a coach. You know who I would really want back. Who's that? Really, I'd really want Zobrist back. Yeah. I, I love Ben Zobrist, and I was really sad to see him go the way that he did with the whole divorce thing, and you know the, yeah, you know he he didn't get the standing ovation I thought he, like deserved because you know he was the World Series MVP. I always thought he was going to have one of those great Wrigley Field moments like Dexter Fowler did and Chapman did when he when they all came back like, but he never got that. He just kind of like disappeared. Like he came back at the very yeah, end he... of the season. But his last, the last at bat that he had of the season, I think, was like in game. Well, I I think the last the last time we ever saw him was in St. Louis when he struck out Molina. That was so, a great moment. Yeah, you know, which and that was pretty good. You know, that was a nice send off. It was just that was just a shame. I wish he'd. I wish they'd bring him back. You know, I know. Yeah, I haven't much. heard anything about him since. Yeah, me neither. Um, you know, he's got, he's probably working through some personal stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, um, I don't know. He was just, he was so good with the bat. Every time he came up, I just kind of felt like, you know, even if there were two outs, he was one of the rare guys yeah. in the lineup. The very reason that they got him was because unlike Brian and Baez and, you know, I, I guess Rizzo. I mean, Rizzo kind of does this too, but Zilbris did it to another level. He would come up and he would just make solid contact. He wasn't a power guy, but he was someone that would just hit those line drives when he needed them or move the runner over. And he was one of those yeah. old-fashioned baseball guys that you can't really find anymore. So I, I just, yeah. I really wish they'd bring him back as like a coach because think about how great that would be for Nico Horner to be mentored by Ben Zilbrist. Who played second base That'd and you know he's kind of the type of hitter Nico is supposed to be. Yeah, he's a like I said, great contact guy and he knows how to work a count, unlike a lot of these players on the Cubs right now. Yeah, I think that has seriously contributed to the Cubs' downfall in recent years. Um because you know, think about in twenty sixteen they had Fowler and you know, they had Zilbrist, um I can't really, I can't really say if like Montero or Ross fit in that category, but you know they had over the years they've had like, you know, dating back to fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, you know, even twenty eighteen, they had hitters that, whether it was Zobrist who hit three hundred in twenty eighteen or, um, or you know Fowler who led off every game from fifteen to sixteen, you know he was at the top and he set the table. They had these guys that were different in the lineup. And this is something that was recently published in an ESPN article about the Cubs. And it went around the league talking to like different scouts and pitchers. And they all said like, it's so mystifying because those guys over there, they don't, they don't like grind through at bats like they used to. And I don't think it's that the, I don't think it's that Bryant, Rizzo and Baez, uh, well, Baez has always been a free swinger. But I don't think it's that those guys have changed, are like swinging more and have like 
seriously declined in the recent years, like, you know, the team has, but, you know, Bryant had a 900 OPS in 2019. Rizzo's been incredibly consistent since 2016. I think it's just that they lacked that diversification that they had all those years ago that really made them successful. Like, they had John Jay at one point for one season. Uh, they got Daniel Murphy in 2018. You know, he didn't he didn't hit, like, uh, prime Daniel Murphy, but he was still there. And then they got Castellanos in 2019. So I think it's just, you know, the front office put a lot of emphasis on, like, that area of the game, making contact, moving runners over, and then it never actually kept or replaced those guys. So I think, you know, their, the absence of Zobrist and other hitters has really contributed to their decline. Yes, I agree a lot. So that's what makes next off season so interesting, because for once, yeah, uh, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to like make a huge, like multiple, multiple huge decisions. Like you know, yeah, this this next off season is gonna be probably the biggest one we've ever had. Yeah, historically. I mean, I, I, I don't in, know what, what the financial picture looks like right now. Fans are coming back. You know, we have the competitive balance agreement that's going to expire. So it's all kind of up in the air. But, you know, historically, this is going to be pretty intense because the big three are on their way out as of right now. And unlike the past Cub free agents over the decades that the Cubs have been around, you know, these guys can say, hey, I got a ring for you. So, you know, it's just, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's disappointing that we didn't become the dynasty we were destined to be. Well, I mean, people always with this, say that. With this group. People always say that about the Cubs, but when you look at baseball over the last 20 years, the closest thing to a dynasty, like the very closest thing has been the giants with three titles in five years. And yes, I know that the Dodgers have, you know, built this machine out West that is unlike anything I've ever heard of before, but they've only won one ring and it was in the 60 game season. And I think that, uh, you know, what the Dodgers do is so hard for is so hard to replicate and so hard to you know perfect and they've done they've taken like a decade to really build up this um this team that is going to remain competitive on the field but also is going to have prospects in the farm system and if it was really easy to win you know the world series or continue to compete then every team would do it and obviously but you know, I think the Dodgers are a great example of how hard it is to win the World Series. So while we can say, like, you know, they yeah. were expected to win the win another ring in 2017, 2018. 2018 still hurts a lot because of how it ended. But yeah. they had they had good chances. They were just beaten by other teams. It's not like they it, it's not like they were the uh, you know the I'm trying to think of. It's not like they were the oh let's see. Trying to think of like a good example here. Um, I don't know. It's not like they were the Detroit Tigers of 2006. You know, the Tigers went to the World Series and then they were like 500 
for like five years after, and then they finally got back. You know, they were expected to be good, and they were. And when it came down to it, they, you know, they ran into a buzzsaw in 2017 with the Dodgers. And then in 2018, the Brewers went on an insane run, which is something that everyone forgets about, including the the Brewer fans themselves. They forget that they had, like, a historic September in 2018. So, you know, it is disappointing that they didn't win another ring, but it's not like they, like, it's not, I don't, I don't think it's a product of just their own failure. I think it's just the league improved. And I think that that is, that happens in every sport. And unless you have like three hall of famers on your roster, like two or three on your roster, like the giants did with Bochi, Posey and Bumgarner. I mean, it's really hard. So it's disappointing, but I'll take it to be honest, because you know, we could. Yeah, I'll if, I'll take a ring over anything. One ring yeah. suits me, but maybe not exactly a dynasty. But just you know, not going as far as you want them to, or in the constant underperforming. Just, yeah, I know. This gets I mean, to they, me. they underperform in those big moments, I for sure. Um, like I don't. I I remember in 2017 the storyline was that they were really exhausted when they got to the Dodgers, and I think the Dodgers were just better. Um, 2018, we all know what happened there. They just didn't hit because they played all those games at the end of the year and didn't get a break. Um, It was just it it just comes down to timing. Like they just went cold at like the wrong time and they got hot, you know, at the wrong time. If there is such a thing, they you know they went Mm -hmm. on the big stretch runs that like every year they have the the big stretch where they go like they win like 20 of 25 or something yeah so it just came down to timing like we're saying no we'll take the ring even though it oh, costs yeah, us sure. some costs us glaber even though he's not that great no, glaber isn't that's something not I living was, up to the hype so far no that's something i was thinking about recently you know, I was thinking about it and I thought Claver was I don't know how many people remember this. Claver was supposed to be like Corey Seager or Trevor Story or something. He was supposed to be like they had Baez, but I mean, you know, like Baez was known for his power and then Glaver was like known for his all around talent. And Baez really came up and was like you know, a power guy, nothing more. And then his defense kind of like came along and everything as the years yeah, progressed yeah. and he broke out. Labor, yeah. Labor is pretty bad defensively as well. Yeah. And, and you know, we have. Yeah, today, in my opinion, I still don't think he's top 10 at his position. No, I don't think he is either. Because to be top 10, you have to be good all around. And he's horrible on defense. So. And we wouldn't have yeah. a spot for him anyway. Because, you know, we have Baez. And I know Baez sucks now. But or isn't what he was it's in 18 and 19. But that's when Glaber was really good. 18 and 19, we already had Baez. So yeah, pretty much and just about only against the Orioles. Yeah, that's basically all he's done. I think I saw that he's, like, been a pretty average hitter against every other team in his career. Yeah, I think... What was it, 2018 or 2019? All the games against the Orioles. If he took those out, his OPS drops by like 100 points. Yeah. So basically, he just beat up on horrible pitchers. 
Yeah. Um. So, anyway, I was gonna make a point. I don't really remember what it was, but I, I guess the point is that the Yankees, when it, as it first appeared, that it, you know the Yankees won the trade, and then you know later on, as years went by, people started to say, "Well, maybe we'll call it dead even." And then now I would say, unbiased, as a baseball fan, just looking at the trade and how the two teams have gone and how, you know, the Yankees have were supposed to have won the World Series by now and how Glaber was supposed to be, you know, uh, the next young star, like I was saying, you know, the, one of the faces of baseball. I would say that the Cubs won the trade. You know, they've got the ring and yeah. they don't well. need Glaber. They don't have a need for him. Of all yeah, the needs, we that really they have, just needed to break that big drought. Yeah, I mean, of all the needs that they have, that isn't one of them. So, yeah. Anyway, our, our, we're pretty, we're very stacked for infield prospects. Yes, we are. That's something I hope that they kind of address, because this is becoming kind of a problem. We've already talked about this. But, like, you know, these guys are all talented. So I hope that they take one of them and are like, why don't you just move to the outfield? Like, move to right field or something. Because they don't have many outfielders. They have Davis and Roderer and... Mm, I think that's it, right? That's, like, all their top prospects. Is that it? Uh that one Jordan guy, I don't know how to say his last name. Um, N-W-O-G-U or oh, something. Jordan Wogu? Yeah, I think he's yeah. top 15 in the system, I think. Yeah, but he's probably, you know, he's far away. And to be honest, he's more of a DH than anything. If, you, if you've seen him, like, hit, and, like, if you've seen, like, his build, it's very obvious that he's, like, going to be... A DH. He's kind of built like Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, we got a couple outfielders in the dark as well. We did. Those guys are very young, but that's something that I hope they address. Like, if they trade for, like, let's say that they trade Kimbrell or Bryant. Let's say that Bryant and Kimbrell and, I don't know, someone else are traded at the deadline. You know, I hope that they get back arms, but I also hope that they focus on some outfield guys because those guys in the outfield, like we have our infield, you know, we have Hernandez and Howard and, you know, we have a plethora of assets when it comes to the infield position, both on the yeah, major league it, team. It's and insane. So I really hope that they focus on the outfield in recent uh, minutes. Outfield and, and minutes. pitching. Yeah. Outfield and pitching. That's what we need. Um, Speaking of which, I have a I have a uh, question. Okay. For you regarding uh, the farm system. Okay. Who would you take right now? If like if you let's say that Ed Howard and Christian Hernandez were both in the draft, who would you take? Man, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. They're both exceptionally talented. Um, I think they're around the same age. Um, Howard, 
maybe doesn't hit as much as Hernandez. He's got an average bat, but then again, Howard has played in the United States. Um, but if you go to Hernandez, I feel like you have a more yeah. a better all around product. You know, especially because you know his nickname, Baby A Rod, when he's being yeah, compared yeah. to A Rod, it's kind of hard not to pick him. It's definitely Ooh. close, but it is. That's a good thing. Yeah, those guys could be on the infield together in a few years. Yeah, maybe one of them will be playing third. Yeah, Preciado is gonna play third. He's a okay. he's a shortstop. He's like six five. Oh. I don't think there are many six five shortstops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <sighs> yeah, but what? Where does that leave Horner? If they're both going to be playing in the infield, and Santana's going to be playing third. See, this is the problem. <laughs> this is the problem I was describing. You... It's like they don't have enough spots for these guys. Um, oh, Lord. I mean, they could. Uh, Nico was playing center the other day, so I don't yeah. know if you want to move him to an outfield spot with Davis. You know, this is going to sound kind of crazy. You could try to move Nico to, like, if Riz retires by 2025 or whatever, when these guys are projected to debut, you could try to move Riz, Nico to first. I don't know. Just like uh, I think, I think he's, I think he's too good of a fielder to be playing first base. Well, I mean, Rizzo is a Gold Glover. You know, three Gold Gloves. Yeah, but you know, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying. But, you know, an average for defensive first baseman does the cut because yeah. Nico's defense is insane, insanely good. Yes, as we saw yesterday. Yes, very high baseball IQ. Right. Yeah. Um. I'd like to keep him in the infield, but if it if he has like has to go to the outfield, then so be it. But yeah. I I, um, I just think his defense is too good to be playing first. I'll make one more point before we close this up because we're approaching the game. Um, I'm right now. uh, You know, you have all these guys in the farm system. I think they are going to invest the majority of their focus on Hernandez and Howard because those guys are probably the most talented as of right now in the farm system. And like they did with Glaber in 2016, they don't have to keep all these guys. You could trade them down the line for other players. Like they could use them as bargaining chips. Because I don't think I, yeah, I was I'd be gonna very say, surprised if all of them debuted at some point for the Cubs. I was gonna say if we can't keep room for all those infielders, might have to trade off one of them. Yeah, I would trade Preciado. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't get rid of Howard or Hernandez for anything. Those guys, Wilson Contreras just struck out on a pitch that was about three feet off the plate. Um, All right. So, good talk about the farm there. Any other points about the farm you want to bring up? No, I think that's it. I think that'll do it for today.
Yeah, I have one question about the farm, though. All right. Do you think we should get more depth in in the farm for catching besides Amaya? Because I think he's about all we got back there. Well, um, I think we should because, yeah, you know, everyone is very high on Miguel Amaya, obviously. You know, he's been touted as the catcher of the future for the Cubs. But, um... If it doesn't work out, we have, like, nobody else to back him up. Exactly. And it took Contreras, like... He was signed as... He was signed at, like, 17 or something. And he wasn't really expected to be what he is. So it took him, like, eight years to become the catcher that he is today. So catchers are very... It's a very unique position. Because unless yeah. you're, like... You know, Adley Rutschman or some or something. Unless you're like, you know, the cream of the crop when it comes to the catching position, and like you're a can't miss prospect. It takes even when these guys are ready and are you know in AAA and are mashing the ball on their debut. It takes a minute to it like takes a few years to really settle in. It's not like you know it. it it takes some time to adjust and really get your footing down in the catcher's position because there's so much going on there. So I think we should get some more. Um, I know that there was, like, rumors of Bryant going to the Mets, and one name that was thrown around was that Alvarez guy. But I don't think the Mets are going to give him up. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think we should figure out up. a way to – I think we should figure out a way to get some more depth there. They might trade yeah. Contreras next year, but we'll see. Yeah, if we're gonna be big sellers, and we should definitely be trying to get some, like you said, pitching, catching, outfield. Yeah, you know, we shouldn't be targeting any infielders. No, that's done. That should be that should be all over. They should put that aside. No, no more infielders. Um. Time to address some other areas, and probably time to uh, get some higher level prospects rather than the yeah. LA guys that we currently have. Speed up that rebuilding process a little bit. We just hope the teams that are negotiating are realizing these players' value. Yeah, I think I think they do. You know, some desperate team will come along and overpay for someone. I just hope it's one of our players. Yeah. Yankees need pitching, so I don't know. Hendricks could be available. Just a thought. You know, postseason ace. You know, durable. So I don't know. Kind That's just a random. Kyle in a different uniform. Yeah, but the return could be big because the Yankees could be that desperate team. You know, their rotation is extremely thin, and they're kind of on ice, it feels like. Because Judge is going to turn 30 next year. They're going to be, they're all going to be like a year away from free agency. Like, the clock is ticking down on their window here that they've had open for a number of years now. So, yeah, um, yeah, like five years, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, I think that'll wrap it up. I believe it does. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Go follow us on Instagram, Cubs Win, and Cubs Legion. We'll see you in the next episode.